You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Are You Screening podcast. I'm your host, areyouscreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And uh, this week, we were thinking we'd get to a third thing, and I think what's going to happen, uh, it, it was weird with the nominations uh, this week, because I had to get my nominations in Congratulations. Uh, yesterday. Which I hated even more than usual because <laughs> each year it's harder. And because this is every year is different, and I feel I was telling you uh, just a minute ago. Yeah. I feel like every year I say this is a weird year, and yeah. like for a different reason. Right, every it's, year. Ne- it's never the same. No, it isn't. It's not the <laughs> same reason. This this year was really weird because I, I I was really having trouble picking, and you know people who are kind of jaded by award shows by the Oscars and, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. We'll say year after year, you know, it's only these four movies. Right. And there's right. lots of other movies that were good and, you know, it's all rigged and yeah. you know, whatever. James Cameron hires a third of the Academy to work on Avatar and <laughs> right. he gets nominated. Woo, that's a surprise. Right. Uh, you know, st- I mean, people in general, uh, there are a lot of people who are kind of jaded by the awards for that reason. There's, you know, people make their Oscar bait movies right. and and everyone jumps in line. Uh, like this year, The Post, right, um, is clearly, you know, Steven Spielberg right. and Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks and uh, Meryl Streep. Right. And, and it's... It's like they got nominated before they even started shooting, right? right? You and said all those words and names, and I just went Oscar, <laughs> right, Oscar, right. Oscar, Oscar. So. And this year, it was, I'm sitting there trying to be, you know, like the voice of reason and, right. and nominate some things that may not end up getting nominated, but, yeah. but that I'm like, no, this is actually better. And, you know, I'm like, this is actually really good cinematography, even though no one is going right. to say it or right. you know whatever you might be the butterfly whatever, flapping whatever the its case, wings yeah whatever the case may be and and this and this year you know you look through what people are talking about for everything it's like the same six movies yeah and i'm like but this year right right <laughs> i i don't know what the other movie is for a lot of them I'm, you know it was loves a, dunkirk it was a depressing year. Was it? <laughs> yeah, and everyone is talking about uh, Dunkirk and The Post. Right. And I'll tell you right now, I didn't nominate either of them for anything interesting. Right. I nominated both of them for some Visual other stuff. Visual effects and, yeah. I nominated, I nominated Dunkirk for cinematography. Yeah. It, wasn't it, my, it wasn't my first choice, it is, it but is, it's really it is really awesome great. It is really great looking. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I nominated, uh, I nominated Dunkirk for editing. Because it is impressive editing yeah, to put that it movie is. Once together. You know, once you know um, it. You know, stuff like that. But yeah. I didn't love it. No, and I know. Uh, the post, I know. you know, I, I didn't I didn't love that either. It was it was good. It right. was, it's a it's a really Being good, good movie. Is not good it's enough. way right. above average movie. Yeah. Uh, and anyone who's at all interested in either the subject or movies in general probably yeah. wants to watch it, right? And yeah. will not be disappointed right. <laughs> will not say what the hell happened to Steven Spielberg. Right. Right. <laughs> right. 
Uh, but I, you know, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. It was to me, it was a movie that's trying to be like a seven and a half and like nailing it. Right. And <laughs> and, a spoiler. and beyond that, you know, somewhere in that area anyway. Yeah, right. Right. A right. little better than average, but, but not great. It yeah. didn't seem to me like <laughs> a movie that said, we're going to really like do something yeah. with this movie. It just was, we're really going to make this movie, I guess. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and and yeah. I'm like, hooray for you. <laughs> it was. Yeah. And Tom, Tom Hanks is really good in it. Meryl yeah. Streep, uh, as I think I said, even last week, maybe, I don't, I don't remember. I know I've talked I it about it week, a lot, but. but I thought Meryl Streep was doing a not extremely difficult role. Yeah. And, Nailing doing it, it well, <laughs> and, it. and that for me is not yeah. you automatically get nominated for an Oscar. I yeah. don't know. Tom Hanks, I, I'm not even sure that I think Tom Hanks really deserves a nomination, yeah. but I'd be more okay with it. Right. You know, He's right. at least, I think, doing something harder to he's do. He's due. Someday yeah. that guy's going to get his respect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He's... <laughs> No Everybody one's, still no looks at him as a bosom buddy. Nobody's yeah, ever right. really given him a shot. Uh, you know, good. he's actually survived long enough that nobody even knows what that means. I know. You have to be of a certain <laughs> age because you don't just see that on like Nick at Night or and whatever, have, like you TV classic. You really need to know. of a certain age, but you have to be like the right person and, of that age. Right. Even and people to, of that age don't And to hell with know. you if you just YouTube it and see the intro. You got to watch at least a season. Right. Like right, I did. Right. I, before was, you know hey when that show was out that was my favorite show i, I loved i love bosom buddies anyway uh so uh, as i was saying uh what i what's probably going to end up happening is that over the next few weeks it's, it's few weeks it's just going to be like three yeah. and four and five right. movies probably it's going right. to be uh tons of them and we'll try to uh stick with as they're coming out and everything so like <laughs> next week i tanya and the disaster artist at least both come out yeah and uh, so this week we're going to do Lady Bird, and which is you know older, but has right. been catching, uh, that's catching odd a release, lot of buzz, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was very limited at first, yeah. obviously, because it's this tiny indie thing. Um, so it was very limited, but it's been expanding and then expanding more, and then more people talk about it, so it expands more. Uh, and now it's actually get this is the time it's actually getting to we're getting it all like, over that the should, place, that just says about something everywhere. to me that right, our theater right. in bangor is is getting it right so and uh the man who invented christmas which uh came out this everywhere week. yeah uh yeah right. that's normal strangely that's release. a wide release yeah. weird year for dan stevens man he's uh start, yeah. kicks a year off with beauty and the beast right ends it with the man who invented christmas yeah and uh so, like I said, next week, I, Tanya and The Disaster Artist are both getting a uh, wide release. The Disaster Artist is kind of the same thing. I yeah. think it came out limited a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And it's been growing, and lots of people are talking about it, and uh, especially James Franco. The movie itself, right. too, people are talking about uh, it being really good, but James Franco especially, and, uh, you know, for potential Best, uh, best Actor nomination. Yeah. And I got to tell you, we're not going to cover this movie, and you haven't seen it yet, right? I think but, I'm going to anyway, but yeah, um, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I'm not going to like really cover it or anything, but this movie 
is odd. Because I, I like the idea of it. And it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And so it's based on The Room, which is uh, widely celebrated, I think universally celebrated, <laughs> as the worst movie that has ever happened. Right. And <laughs> it's almost unfair to call it the worst movie that's ever been released because, as you learn in the movie, it's only released because the guy bought it himself. Right. right. It's, it's a movie that got a release in the technical sense that anyone could do it if you right. pay a movie theater and you know if you right. give a movie theater a couple million dollars yep they'll play your movie for a couple sure. of weeks yeah. and you know whatever so it's it's not even officially a movie that like got released right. really right right it's only after the fact now you can see it um <laughs> everyone like people have like midnight movies right and, yeah you know they that actually happens fairly frequently at this point, but it's it's the it's the dumbest movie ever, right? And this is the story <laughs> of the dumbest movie ever right. and the making of it, and it's based on the book written by like the other guy, right? right? It's not Tommy Wiseau; he didn't yeah. write the book, but his like kind of partner in crime who right. he meets at an acting class, and uh, Tommy Wiseau <laughs> is is this bizarre character guy who has all this money he's a weird dude won't tell anybody where he's from <laughs> right or how, or how old, old he is, is or yeah or where his money comes from yep. or anything i mean to this day i don't think anybody knows right where his money comes came from right or comes from or whatever i think now we have established that he is from poland i'm yeah. not sure if we know how old he is yeah i don't know um but but anyway he's this really weird guy and and the movie is horrifically bad. But even when people hated The Room, people would give it negative reviews. But it was almost like if you want to have some fun, like go read people's reviews of The Room. Because yeah. there's there's two kinds of people reviewing the movie <laughs> historically. It's like 20 years old or yeah. 10 years old, 15 years old. I yeah. don't know. It's, uh, I feel like maybe it's about 15. I, I don't even know. Yeah. It's like 2002. It's, it's 2003. Seems about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, people either reviewed it and, and just didn't know what to say, even. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like right. such, it's like <laughs> such awfulness that it's like reviewing a bad student film. Right. And you're a teacher in film class and you go, I don't even know what to, <laughs> I don't even know where to about, begin right? or talk. Yeah. And and then the the other people are kind of hesitant to say anything about it because uh, the guy is like a moron, right? Right. But he, at some point, you're so stupid that it's an actual you know disability, right? And right. And now it becomes <laughs> ripping on you know like the kid with down syndrome who has a bunch of money and buys a basketball team and puts himself on it. Right. I, I mean, are, is it good? It, <laughs> he's probably not going to win. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's right. Not, it's not good, but how much can you make oh, fun man. of it? Right. Right. And now the disaster artist is like a whole movie making fun of that guy. Yeah. And he's clearly got psychological problems and I'm watching the movie going, uh, I mean, this is weird. And, right. it, you know, parts of it are kind of funny because <laughs> he's so stupid. Right. But I don't, <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I can 
get behind calling this like a great movie because we found a, a psychologically damaged person to make fun of. Right. And, and then explore showcase that. Right. just how stupid he is. Put all the I'm spotlights like, uh, on him. Yeah. yeah. It, so it's weird. It, it's the kind of movie that I. Well, you talked me into it. I did not. Because I'm up. I did not expect to get. I mean, and I'm all for making fun of stupid people. I know. But at some point, they're not stupid. Right. right? right. I mean, it's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's the kind of movie that I'm a little surprised got people behind it and did not kind of get like a backlash of, yeah. you know, like, look, man. Don't I pick mean, on that guy. Yeah, <laughs> right. Leave like, it alone. He's right. He's so he's so stupid that you, you really have to you really have to question yourself for right. looking at him in a certain way. There's a part right. in the movie um, when they're they're making the movie, he spends like six million dollars of his own money making this movie, right? Yeah. And there's a part in the movie where he's gonna kill himself. He kills himself in the movie, right. and he like shoots himself in the head and blows his brains out. And then he starts writhing around on the floor, and then he's like going, oh, oh why? And he's like grabbing this dress. He he bought right. his girlfriend this dress, you know, and he's like, why? And then he like shoots himself in the head again. <laughs> And so there's the guy like running the camera and everything who's like cut and he's like why'd you cut I'm, I'm, I'm yeah I'm not still in it right. or whatever he's like okay if you want to ride around with the dress maybe do it before you blow your brains right, out right. all over the room right. and like he doesn't see the problem no. in what's happening sure. right I'm like yeah there's yeah. a line somewhere <laughs> there has to anyway yeah the uh, punching so, down too much I anyway guess. yeah we'll uh, we'll cover that one next week yeah <laughs> and and probably uh, several others but yeah. anyway um, man there's a real profit in making bad films that seems so counterintuitive there, like Plan Nine from Outer Space be, the if Blue you, Bunny if you do it right and the prob- Rocky Horror the like problem all these things is that it takes a long time right it. It, you, you can't can, just do it. Yeah, it seems like, like you could be able to just like do it. This movie, yeah. nobody paid attention to it for at least a few years, right? Yeah. Until you got to let the word of mouth run. <laughs> right, like, that takes a long time, and yeah. then you know, then like five years later, maybe even ten years later, you start getting a pretty serious amount of like midnight screenings. Everybody wants to watch mm-hmm. it. You right. know, now now it's so bad right. that everyone has to see it. Right. You know, but yeah, you can't exactly you know pay your bills on that (laughs) (laughs) no no anyway uh you got to have a long-term plan uh before we jump into the movies there is some news uh that i was going to cover uh most of it is the same horrible news (laughs) it's like it never ever ends right um but one i was actually uh going to talk about that's the horrible news and that's uh danny masterson earlier this morning got fired from the ranch right which is just odd too yeah. but i mean it's just everyone it, let's right. just say it's everyone at this point right. and move on or something but anyway netflix uh you know cut tied do you ever watch that show no it's actually not too i heard bad. it was pretty it's good kind of surprising yeah. i was surprised that it was uh, as good as it was it's not great but yeah. you know it's it's a pretty good yeah. show and netflix wants to keep it around and they're just gonna write him out apparently yeah <laughs> i guess which Good luck with they that. Should, they guess, should recast but. him as the Kevin James wife that got booted. Yeah, that's what they, they I should. I thought you were going to say. They should jump. They should get somebody from the 70s shows back in. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome, Just actually. That'd be up, good. That'd be really meta. From the other show. I thought you were going to talk about. You, did you hear the Tarantino news? Yeah, yeah. With him. And, is that on your list? Yeah, Tarantino. Isn't that weird? Is, like, uh, apparently I can't wait for. Write and maybe even direct a yeah. Star Trek movie. Yeah. 
Um, he's hoping to write it. I don't even know if he wants to direct it, but people I don't are know talking either, but he about wants that to write. he might because yeah. he directs everything, right? You know, that he, whatever. But he's got some pitch for a Star Trek movie, and you know, for all I know, that just means that he said it to somebody, right? Or, or at a party, he was like, "I got a good cares. idea. What yeah, about this?" Right. And I just can't wait. To have him put and Samuel Jackson on the bridge and be like, see, that's illogical again, mother... Say it. You know, I want to see that. Yeah. And uh, the other news uh, in more firings is uh, <laughs> Brian Singer was fired from the Freddie Mercury biopic. That's a weird one. has had its own troubles anyway. Right. Fired but, or quit? Because he just quit. Apparently, he quit no, showing he up. Fired. I know, I know he got fired. He, but he stopped showing up for like 10 days, I think. Well, he know, said he was not going to show up. Right. He's like... Right. Some sort of problem, yeah, and they weren't that he had, yeah. right? Right. But then he showed back up and apparently got in some big fight with Rami Malek, who right. is Freddie Mercury in the movie, right? And uh, the report is, I don't know, who if knows any of this is true or who anything, knows? but the report is that uh, you know it got to the point that he threw something, right? And, That's usually, and I don't know what that means exactly. Yeah, I don't that could mean anything. Yeah. Through a pencil, right? Maybe, but, right? Through an insult. <laughs> I think it was tangible. I think it was. I think it was something quite physical. So. But uh, things are a little weird on the Freddie Mercury biopic. Yeah. If Brian Singer gets right. does something to where he gets fired, right? And they don't want him on the movie anymore. Right. So you know, hooray! Big news that uh, right. that movie has been trying to get put together for a really long time already. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It was big news when they hired uh, Rami Malek to do it, yeah. and then they started showing pictures. Do you see any of those pictures? Yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. crap, it's he crazy. looked amazing. Yeah, it's he crazy. looked amazing. But that was ages ago. That was ages ago. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, so it's we got The out. Man Who Invented Christmas and Lady Bird. Yeah. We might as well start with Lady Bird because uh, everyone's talking about it, and it's older. Yeah, right. And okay. uh, it's Saoirse Ronan. Laurie Metcalf, uh, Lucas Hedges, and uh, this guy, Timothy Chalamet, has a smaller role in it. And he is uh, also up because of uh, Call Me By Your Name. Right. He, it's very possible that he will get nominated for Best Actor. It's somewhat possible that he'll get nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Like in the same guys year, having a, guys having a hell of a year. <laughs> in the same and year, it's all coming out like in the last few months. So. Yeah, and he's like he's killing it. Two or something. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, came out of more or less nowhere. Yeah, and now suddenly, all of a sudden, and now he owns is. everything. Yeah, right. Uh, he he has a very limited role in this movie, so I'm not sure uh, when people are nominating for supporting actor and actress. It, it's very tricky, and it depends on who you are a lot of the time because sometimes you'll have, yeah. like, three lines, right. and you'll get nominated for right. support. Yeah. Uh, and so. some, uh, other times, though, if you're not already a really big name, you know, the trend is that you need to be in it a little bit more. And, yeah, right. And then sometimes you, you it, it really blurs the line, and it's weird because the studios tell you right. what – they want you to be for right yeah and so sometimes it'll be supporting actress and you're like she's most of the movie right how is she supporting right. actress like right. she's actress, it's really weird right, right. <coughs> yeah okay so lady bird and it's um s- sort of your uh typical coming of age right she's it a, strangely is 
it strangely is, and then at the end of the day, it strangely isn't. At least for me, <laughs> I, I thought. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, she's in high school, and you know, angst. There you right. go. Right. <laughs> That's kind of a- okay. So I, I am gonna make you go first. Yeah, I know why. Because you want to have the big ten for yourself. Because <laughs> I, because I know that you know what I gave it. I know what you gave it. Um, I, I fluttered between two, so I'm gonna settle on one. But I almost gave it nine and a half. I'll, I'll stay with nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I gave it a ten. I, I, yeah. I wrote ten. I know what you, you know. I as soon as I was like fifteen minutes in, I'm like, I know what this is doing to Mark. But, you know, I'll tell you, it's funny just because I'll forget it. But as soon as, as soon as she jumped out of the car. Yeah, right. I was like, this movie's almost cheating. Yeah, it's I like, know. It's like they called me up and said, what should happen? Right. Or well, I almost expected them like, to stop and have like Greta come on screen and be like, Mark, did you dig that? <laughs> I know. As okay, wait, as I got more. Hang on. That, I was like, oh, yeah, I know. now the movie's cheating. I, it's so weird because even right now saying nine, like I feel like even still saying nine and a half, there's, there's just, there's a couple small, really incidentally weird things that only distracted me from it. And I'm going to throw them out at the end. Because it's so much fun to talk about what I loved. Yeah. And I love pretty much everything. Yeah. Like the cast up and down, left and right, all over the place. I love the subject matter. I love for me how it took basically what is a, a trope experience of teenager coming of age stuff, like you said, and and wrote it through with such sincerity, like genuine like affection and repulsion and... I've been an adult longer than I've ever been a kid at this point in my life, and I remember everything in this movie, even though I was never a young girl. Right, and you like, never it went to nails, school. I never right. went to, I actually did go to a, well, I went to a religious school for a little bit, well, but yeah, I, never never like this. Yeah, right. and I mean, but it, it's, it's, what it hits on is, at its biggest moments, is just always this Venn diagram of every single singular thing that you feel when you see this film or you remember your life right. as a kid. Your trouble with your parents, the affections with your parents, the trouble with your friendships, the the friendships you don't have and you think you want. When you get those friendships, you find out those friendships suck and maybe you've lost your real friendships to get them. Right. Your first real love, your first real experiences, drinking, college, all these things at such a speed of incredible brevity. Like this is a 90 minute movie. Right. And it's, it's, a, it's an hour and 34 minutes, and, but and, four minutes and of it's credits quick. doesn't count. It, it's pretty quick. And it does in so many ways, like even, I mean, I was like, I wasn't a full third of the way in. I might have been only 20, 25 minutes in. And I've already seen so many facets of Lady Bird's life. And I'm thinking to myself immediately, not because it's always in my head, but just because some reason it popped in there. I'm like, this is what boyhood should have been like. Yeah. Take because we've argued. Take the trick out of boyhood, and what you've got is just a, s- a bunch really of home movies. Movie, yeah. And in this, like, what I get is fully formed relationships. I get motivations. One of the hardest things, one of the one of the brightest things that Greta did was playing it straight and making her parents people. And those people have responsibilities, and they there's a cloud over them about you know losing jobs and money woes, and that's that's life, that's adult life that right. kids don't know. They think they know, but they don't get it. At at any moment in a scene with her mom and Lady Bird, I 
I had such a mercurial feeling of, I know exactly why Lady Bird feels the way she does. And in the moment I see her mom react, I'm like, I know what an adult feels like. I know right, why right. that seems disrespectful. And then you see her react to her mom. And I'm like, I know why you're challenging her. Like, right, it's right. such an incredible balance of effective point of view that shares every semblance and everything so deftly and perfectly that it almost kind of blurs what I can say about it because everything is so good all the friggin' time. Right, right. It's, it's just, it's so easy to get into and watch when, if you're in a, if you're in a mode for like, I don't know, Lethal Weapon, this is not the film you should sit down and see because you're not going to be appeased by it. But if you just, you're like, you know what, I'm going to sit down, I want to check this out. If you don't enjoy the hell out of this, I don't know what you want. I really don't. Like, there's so many great things. Even out of just movies in general. Just in general. Like, she's so talented. You know, like, you jumped on, uh, like, the first 20, 25 minutes, whatever. And that was one of the things that I thought was really great. And it's early on. I mentioned jumping out of the car. It's early on that Mm -hmm. she jumps out of the car. But the one of the great things for me, uh, I obviously really love the film, but. One of the really great things for me is that it doesn't actually establish anything. It doesn't have any of the movie that's just, we have to establish this, so that's why this happens. Right. It just actually does things, right. and they end up establishing, establishing things. things. That's true. But it doesn't have any yeah. part in the beginning like you're used to. The beginning of the movie is really kind of a very, it's a great lead in because you're kind of sucked into it because you're like, this isn't how movies happen. Like right. this isn't what is supposed to happen here because it doesn't do any, it doesn't do anything in, in the whole screenplay that is, I have to say this because I'm going to say this later. I have to say this right. because I want you to know this about her. It just is saying this because it's just showing you this part of its story. Right. And it happens to establish things about her and stuff. Yeah. And I thought I thought that was really great. And uh, another thing that I really love, and uh, you know, I've already written up the review of this. So if you read the review, then, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know, but I then knew. you'll be bored for a minute because <laughs> I'll <laughs> say a go. lot of the same things. Here's the live reenactment of it. But here's the uh, beauty of this movie. I thought for me because it's coming of age movie. Greta Gerwig, you know, clearly has been in directing school for like the last 20 years with uh, some very good directors, including Noah Baumbach, right? Who most famously she's Um, been, But what's great about this is that it's coming-of-age movie, and what it does is go, I'm just not going to do coming-of-age stuff. Right. The one hiccup for me, uh, even though the ultimate story of her best friend and then, you know, ditching her best friend kind of thing... I didn't like exactly the way that that played out mm-hmm. because it was because I've seen that yeah a lot right? right it's always you diss your best friend but in your typical coming of age movie you're either what you're watching is either what this person does because it's the stereotypical thing that that kind of person does right or the the actual thing that they're doing is you know, the kinds of things that like happen into high school right. or, you know, whatever. And this movie is way more about like her thoughts. The movie is a lot more. It's not the things that you did in high school. It's not the things that you uh, heard about a guy who did in high school. It's not things that like represent 
what actually happened to you in high school. What happens is like the things you thought about doing in high school, like the things that, you know, an hour later you went, I should have said that. Right. It's like, yeah, it's so weirdly about what happened in high school by not being about what happened in high school, but like what was happening in your mind at high school or what you were thinking and feeling it in high school. And, and because it does that, I think that's how it breaks apart it mattering whether or not you're a girl or whether or not you went to Catholic school. Like if you take a movie like the breakfast club, right? It gets you into the movie because maybe you're not the jock. Maybe you're not the nerd. You know, it makes, it gives you all the stereotypes and it just makes this like multi pronged, you know, chart that you can put yourself on somewhere right you're like i'm a little bit that guy and a little bit that guy and i knew that i know that guy yeah right and i knew the guy who was like the two of them mixed together and you know it's like when uh when the guy is crawling through the ceiling and falls through that didn't happen at your high school but this other thing that's kind of like that or i knew the guy who would have done that or you know whatever it's it just it it makes all of the stereotypes uh, something that you can pull pieces out of. And yeah. this one, instead of doing that, it just makes it the thoughts that everyone had. Mm-hmm. You know, it gets like the universality. Uh, it, it can be for everyone, no matter who you are. Yep. Because you were either thinking about that or you wanted to think that or you hoped for that or yeah. you were on the other side of it yeah. or, you know, whatever. And so it, it it doesn't matter if you were a teenage girl or you were right. in Catholic school or your mom was exactly like that yeah, right. or whatever, because no matter how your mom was, you still had the same thoughts, basically. Right. right. <laughs> right? Like your mom was still telling you not to do stuff yeah. and was <laughs> in charge. And because it focuses more on how she's feeling about it and what she's thinking about her life and stuff, it doesn't, yeah. it, the specifics don't matter anymore. Right. It's just about everyone. Right. And then, no, I'm totally not going to ruin the end because I love the end of this movie. Yeah. Um, but in the end, it suddenly is about something different than right. what coming of age movies are about. Right. Coming of age movies are supposed to be about, you like realize something, mm-hmm. right? You're like, Oh, now I look at the world in a different way and right. now I'm adult or whatever. Yeah. And this movie, like without really spoiling it, um uh, this movie's not about that at all. She doesn't really have like an epiphany and say, "Now I see everything differently." She just realizes that there's no differently to see everything. Right. She just goes I thought I was going to graduate from high school and get my adult card. Right. And now I was going to feel like an adult right. and I was going to see well, things differently. And yeah. it turns out. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> here what's I am really in college. Funny, what's really funny. There's a scene that does this. That's so perfectly amusing in the film because it's a disposable scene, but it tells you all kinds of stuff. She turns 18. She goes to a convenience store. She buys a lottery ticket. Right, right. She smokes, you know. And she says to the guy who's uh, working the register, and she's like, I'm buying all these three things because I'm 18 and I can now. And his response is like, Great. Right. Uh, You know, that's like six bucks. Right. And the whole point there is like, like you said, she expects to, I mean, she doesn't, but she thinks like there's something about 
kids that believe like when I'm 18, things change. Right. You know what's different between being 18 and 17? 24 hours. That's right. it. Nothing is different, you know? And it's just like this funny moment where she believes now she's like getting into this adulthood role and she's like, I could have done this. I've been doing this. Right. Like it's not that, you know, it, it's interesting. Yeah. There's a, there's a thing, you know, you talk about her jumping out of the car. You know, when that happened, I'm hooked. You know, when they start revealing the characters, I'm hooked. There are so many subtle things like uh, her dad, um, uh, her mom's Lori Metcalf, who I feel like missed a thing. Like, I feel like everybody knows her from Roseanne. Right. And I feel like she's the type, not Lori specifically, but I feel like <clears throat> that type of actor or actress is the type of person that when they catch some sort of notoriety, they get a thing. Like, she gets her own show or she starts a film or two. Right, right. And whether or not you do the David Caruso thing or whether or not you just explode into your own avenue of stuff, I feel like Laurie Metcalf is so good she didn't get her thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like that's a real missed thing for her. It, as great as she is about the mom, the guy that plays her dad, Tracy Letts, is so subtle in everything he does. I think this is, you know, this was one of the things that made me turn the phone off. Like, I kicked back in the chair. I was so perfectly sitting. He drives her to school. And she's talking to him and he's just, she's like, thanks for, you know, being here. And he's right. like, I feel like Keith Richards. Keith Richards. I just, I'm happy to be anywhere. Right, right. And the moment he says that, the way he delivers that line, I'm like, oh, you bastard. Right. This is amazing. Like, this is so good. And it, and it sets up, even though, you know, what I think is great too about the movie is that it sets a bunch of stuff up. And you don't know it's setting anything up. Right. Because it's doing it for its own reason. Right. Even though it sets something up later, mm -hmm. which is at this point, like the antithesis of, of movies, movies, right? Yeah. It, you know, right. it's like when we had to stare at the big lie bottle. Right. <laughs> right. And there's no <laughs> right. music going dun, dun, dun. Right. Yeah. And it's, oh, the lie will be important. Right. Later. But scenes like that, you know, set up their interactions later, mm -hmm. but they serve their own purpose. That scene on its own All, is yeah. worth having and not just something that you're looking at because I want to do something later. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, it perfectly sets up when they're having that conversation later. And, you know, mom is saying you make your dad drop you off right. a half a mile from school and make him feel, feel horrible. Embarrassed, yeah. And her response to that is so perfect yeah. because she is so caught off guard by that. Right. And it's so real. She's like, I didn't, that's not what I meant no, to do. That, and, and that yeah. then sets you up for like the end of the movie right. where she's like, you know, realizing really who she is in right. a different way right. and what that means yeah. and things you do with other people. It, but she was so perfectly caught off that, guard yeah. at that moment yep. that you really thought she was, yeah. you know, like she hadn't read the script. It and so felt like an ad lib right? thing between people who were genuinely in character. But of course it was, you know, what's in the script. It's it's so easy to say we're going to do this, and it's so hard to really deliver on it. But the the casual way we get a look in this life of this family, and it's spearheaded by our experiences with Ladybird. It's it, one of the things that's really effective that I think is really important is we get the idea that we're getting a glimpse into this life, but it isn't always like this. You know, maybe a year before, 
because teenagers are weird. You can be their best friend right. one year, and then over the summer, now you're the mortal and, enemy. And because it's clearly a new thing that she's got this ladybird. Right. This going is everyone. On. She's so demanding that, everyone call her this. Right. Her mom's still like, "Your name's Christine. I know it. I gave it to you." And she's like, "That's why I want to be Ladybird." You know, there's this thing between them that's very believable. But I get the idea, though it's fleeting in the film, especially when she's like, I just, you know, I want to have a relationship with my mother. I just want you to like me. Right. And her responses are like, I love you. And she's like, that's that's not the same thing. Right. You know, I get the sense that just the summer before they were friends. Right, right. And you know how these things work. More often than not, in the movie world, they're going to be friends again. And in real life, sometimes mothers and daughters or fathers and sons or whatever they they fix a they find a way to fix the things patch it up it takes a bit it's right. a couple of rough Christmases but you definitely get the sense that these people are absolutely in love with each other and terribly frustrated with one another at every end right and it works because there's a slow simmering that's always happening in the scenes when they're together and and all of the stuff like I said before all the stuff like connects in a great mm-hmm. way but serves its own purpose even. Uh, the part about being called Ladybird. Not only yeah. do we get this thing where uh, we we deliver the fact that it's clearly a kind of new thing, yeah. But she's very into it, yeah. She even says at one point, um, you know, all these people going around calling themselves names that right. someone else gave them, right. you know, and and she is not only is she serious, but she really has like a idea behind it right yeah. she's got like a whole theory there's that a she's thing working right, on right, right. It, it's it may not be like faulted whim. but it's there yeah and and then by the end of the movie right she's like did i say that yeah like, <laughs> right it, yeah and and it all like ropes together so well and and finally we'll move on from this movie because we're only saying good things about it but the other thing that struck me hugely and not not only that two things actually because the jumping out of the car thing I wanted to also say yeah uh, that happens so early and not only is it like a really cool thing and it's also both the thing that she does but it's also like I said the things that she does are not the things that happened to you in high school. It's the thing you wanted to do, right? Like right. it's the thing right. that you thought, you know what? I'm just going to jump out of the car, right. right? But you didn't, right? Right. Right. But it also this quickly in this movie that spends, like I said, no time establishing stuff. You believe that she would do it, yeah. Like you believe that she is that right. character who right. actually would just do it, yeah. Uh, but the yeah. other thing that I wanted to say is. This movie, for me, more than I think any movie that I've seen in quite a while, I would have to think for a while, this movie, every everything that happened on the screen, I knew why I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. That is hard to do. It is very hard to do. I, I mean, even, you know, you're walking, you're walking in between classes at school right, or yeah. something. Like, <laughs> like, why am I watching that? Right. But you know, like, yeah. everything that happens is for a very specific reason. It happens in a very specific way and it, you know, serves some purpose, like I said, on its own, Mm -hmm. even if it's just to relate to something later. That is, uh, that's major points for me to be that calculated and uh, be that in control of what's going on. And this is a movie, uh, I, I don't even know if, people will get this but this is a movie that is directed incredibly yeah oh absolutely like there's there's a reason that when you see 
it suggested that this was nominated for an award, whether it's an Oscar or Golden Globe, whatever. Like, you're like, yeah, sure, because that's who you are. You're a Spielberg or you're a Meryl Streep. Right, right. When you see something done like this and you're like, holy shit, like, that should get nominated. I don't know if that's going to win, but that should definitely be nominated because right. there's a difference in what's your what's your experience and what you're actually seeing. And man, she makes it look so easy. And it's not because these scenes, it's not like I'm making it like there are like 55 three-minute scenes. Um, but the the fluidity of the story and the natural progression, like that seems so easy to do. And it's not because there are so many opportunities I can point to other films that tried it and screwed it up. Right. Like it's actually very skillful. Um, it's weird just to nitpick a couple of things because they're very small, but it was weird when it got to the, the prom thing. And I thought like what you, what you said, it, it was weird. Cause I was thinking of it earlier. I'm like, are there archetype moments? Are these stereotypical things? Cause they happen all the time in stories and in real life. Therefore they're validated or are they real things that happen? And we tell stories about them. So they've become stereotypes. Like right, it's so right. weird. I, I thought there's no way Greta's going to have Lady Bird get to the prom with these friends that she aren't, she's not really friends with to find her real true friend and he'll get dancing with someone or there'll be a fight and they'll cry and they'll go off. And I'm like, that's not going to go that way. And it didn't, but it kind of did. But it kind of And it when it did, did, though, yeah. that scene is important because it's, it's effective for her in her character, um, she's got all these relationships and she's fostering all these friendships and she's trying to have these intimacies with uh, these boyfriends. And it turns out the real intimacy, the real strength of her relationship is with her best friend. And when they make up and they're like just lounging around with crackers and stuff, that's that's intimate and that's right, strong. Right. But man, that was sort of weird because it, it narratively just felt very patterned. Yeah, um, that, that whole part, but, the whole... The whole existence with her best friend, yeah, uh, served its purpose, but I, I still wanted that. I to just be wanted a it to better. a little different, yeah. and and the only other thing that I would actually say this but was the first. Like this was it was this is super nitpicky too, but it, it had like a weird effect. Maybe because the film is so f- so fantastic, it stood out. Uh, the last fight that they really get in when uh, her mom's washing the dishes, I hated that scene. Even though I loved everything that the scene was supposed to do, I felt like that was the first scene they shot and they didn't quite know who they were yet. It when, right, when it compares right. with the scene it's before, all the scenes before and the scenes after, it's really out of place even though the characters are exactly the same people and they're saying all the right things. Right. Didn't work for me and that was a that's a crux scene for a lot of stuff that she has to deal with later. That that's And a, I that's I was like scene. that's only 2 minutes long, 2 or 3 minutes yeah. long and I went God, that brought me out of the film. It was yeah. so weirdly bad that it brought me out of the film. And by bad, I still mean only four out of ten. Right, but still, right. when the rest is firing at tens, that was a weird thing. Yeah. That scene, um, uh, I agree. I didn't love that scene either. That scene and there's a, a scene with Lucas Hedges uh, when it's the whole gay thing. Yep. And he starts crying at yep. her and everything. Yep. I was kind of okay with it, but that scene was felt sort of the same it felt like that was yeah you know later in day one yeah right we'll do these and it was like do this yeah and some of that stuff i'm a little bit like willing to excuse Um, you a bit because it's such an indie film because those are scenes that in a movie that had a bigger budget behind it Mm -hmm. that had 
people who were willing to give Greta Gerwig more money for her first right. directing thing, right. that by the time you got closer to the end of production, you would go, let's do that again. Right. Like, right. You now, guys feel like we can do like that one more now time? We're, yeah. Now we're, you know, into this yeah. more and we've been doing it for, you know, a month or right. whatever. And let's just do that one again and see which yeah. one we like better. And they're not going to do that in it, this movie. They're not. So. It, it reminds me to really look at a couple things that Greta Gerwig has done before that I've seen and really liked, but I want to pay more attention to it because now I understand, I understand what she's bringing to things. And I think I might've not in a sexist way, but just in a, Oh, Noah wrote these, you know, I think, I think now that I know what she's capable of and what her voice sounds like, I think I can pick out more of her input in the other films. And I think it's going to be a lot more substantial. Right. Like it, she's it is actually she's really like an uncredited force in these other things that she's been in. Right. But. And it's, it's actually a very interesting thing. Uh, if you want to take like a movie experiment, watch this movie, watch the Meyerowitz uh, stories that yeah. Noah Baumbach did right. this year. Watch those back to back, and then watch Francis Ha. Right, and see where the where the <laughs> and, absolute combination. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and what a, what a great film. And Saoirse Ronan. I mean, again, I I feel like at this point, I'll watch her in pretty much anything. Like she's so easy and effective, and it's amazing. I I forget it's how weird, old she is, but it's weird, weird how to, she pulls off 16, 17, 17, It's 18. weird to watch her in this after being in yeah. like a couple of movies in the last few years yeah. when she's way different absolutely person she's a hell of an actress but uh yeah she and this is another uh, case where you know i'll bring this up every once in a while where i don't know if she's going to get the credit she deserves for this because it doesn't seem that hard right right Right. to to the like untrained eye who's not like really like a movie connoisseur or whatever this is just like, well, she's playing a girl in high school. Well, every girl was a girl in high school. So right. who can't just be do that, that girl? Right. Like, be you. Right. <laughs> right. Say the line. Sit your mark. Uh, right. And and she's right. so good. Yeah. Um anyway, okay. That's, that's awesome. A, that's enough of that one. Go see that uh, as soon as you can. Uh, yeah. the man who invented Christmas. Right. And we don't have tons of time to cover this, which could be okay. Um <laughs> even even <laughs> oh, though man. even you, though you I, Scrooge. I, no, I really you I really bastard. liked it. Uh, I didn't I didn't love it like crazy, but I really liked it, but I'm not sure that it's actually uh there's quite as much to say about it. Right. Um I really liked Dan Stevens in it. I was really surprised. Especially because after the first ten minutes or something, somewhere around there, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna love him in this. Yeah. And then he like kind of won me over. And right. I, I really liked it. Um I gave this one uh eight. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I I liked it a lot, and the main problem for me uh, with this movie that brought it down. And at one point, I was leaning towards like seven ish. Um, yeah. And the last <laughs> half hour, I really kind of liked, so I was okay. Yeah. Um, but I was I was going a little lower. But the movie's too long, and it tries too hard, mm-hmm. basically, to sum everything up. <laughs> <laughs> if I if I want to like nail my review really quickly. Yeah. It's longer than it should be. And I get why it's longer because right. they're cool scenes and they're fun, but and if I just watch some scenes, that's fine. But right. when I have to watch it all together in one movie, right. Right. it it's too long and it kind of pulls you out of things sometimes, yeah. and it doesn't have like the greatest flow ever. Yeah, and uh, it's just weirdly trying too hard. There are a lot of scenes, yeah. especially every time it's uh, him and his father. 
I just yeah, feel right. I just feel like right. you know you're forcing this on me yeah. in kind of like a stagey way, and that's not fitting with the rest of things. But overall, anyway, yeah. I I liked it a bit less than you. I was. I, it's funny because <laughs> at one point, at one point, <laughs> at one point, I felt the same thing. I felt like at one point this is about seven. And for me, instead of sliding forward, it slid back. I'm at six. Uh, yeah. I I thought that um, the strengths of the film are really up front. And as it starts moving through a movie that's only 10 minutes longer than Lady Bird, but feels like it's two and a half hours longer right, than Lady Bird. Right. Like there's a weird, it, it there's a really weird gets like to a dragging of your feet. It's really yeah. strange. And like you, I actually, I do understand why it does that in certain places because there is like, there, there are certain avenues that are worthy of mining the narrative there, but then when it finally gets into that, I think it sacrifices a couple other places, which would have been much more interesting, um, if not as engaging. Um, at least it, in one way, in one thing that came out of it, um, I would give an awful lot to see Christopher Plummer play Scrooge in a real straight up christmas carol now like i think he would be fantastic just yeah. watching him like as scrooge as the uh as the embodiment the, like, of the embodiment of like it, yeah. the uh creation he, he of him was, he's he fantastic great. i love that every and, time he was on it was oh, awesome man, it was and on. he only you know comes on later on right but then his whole just like harassing him, yeah, right. joking at him, yep. making fun and of him. There's a he thing. was great. There's a thing there that I really I liked. It, in some ways, this feels like it wants to be three films at once. And I think it could have pulled off two. But the third stretches me in a way that I was just like bothered by. Right. Um, it, Dickens does famously say that his characters talk to him. Like there, there's right. a representation of these fictional characters who follow Dan around throughout the whole film, well, throughout most of the film, and are like harassing him. Right. Like I think there's a lot of fun in that. Um, and I and I I liked him in the beginning, and then I liked him less and less later. He it just seems like the tonal shift is still there, but it's it's just like a weirdly twerked version of the guy. That probably they'd be trying to drag off to a sanatorium instead of like letting him just bash dishes around. <laughs> right. But it's so strange, man. I found so many things about this pleasing and yet pandering. And I felt like this is at best like an ABC family film in December that is on every afternoon between two and four. Right. And you might have it on and you're cooking or cleaning or baking or wrapping, but you're not really paying attention to this movie. <laughs> yeah. And and that's kind of how I felt after paying attention to the whole film. Yeah. That I could have been doing numerous other things while watching the film, right. but still not had to have watched the film. Yeah, I so it's kind of a missed. It's kind of I, a missed I, shot. I liked it. Uh, I liked it a lot better. I think this is a movie definitely that you have to be able to really get into it. And it's kind of like, um, you know, if it's a war movie. And it yeah. was me reviewing it, right? Uh, you know, uh, like I'm, I'm just not gonna get that into it or right. whatever, right? Uh, but you know, I'm a huge Charles Dickens fan, and not, yeah. not just you know this either. Like, all yeah, of right. Things. All of our twists, like, it was, and great it was funny. And, yeah. It was funny at the beginning. Um, well, just after the beginning. Uh, the beginning. The, the really beginning weird. is the beginning uh, is weird. The beginning yeah. is right after Oliver Twist, and he's hugely famous and goes on tour in America and the whole yeah. thing. And then he, you know, famously, and people won't stop saying it, yeah. writes three flops in a row. Right, yeah. And it, and that happens, I'm like, oh, because those are actually my favorite work. Right, yeah, <laughs> you like the bad his. ones? Because he, he writes, um, 
well, I'm not sure that I remember which ones they are, but he writes like Barnaby Rudge and yeah. I think like the Chiswick papers. Yeah. And I think those are awesome. Right? Yeah. You're the only one. I know. And uh, yeah, nobody likes them. Nobody. Now. Nobody <laughs> likes them now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but now he's got to write something else. He's yeah. running out of money. He's <laughs> taking out you know, loans everywhere. Yeah. He's. Uh, expanding his house, buys a new house, right. and then he's decking that, it out all, and yeah. has no money. That's and he's awesome. going crazy. So I think I agree with you, though, that this there are three movies happening here, and I would have really liked to just have two of them, yeah. too, and I might have been even higher. There, There's basically the movie of him writing the story. Right. And there's the movie of uh, kind of the story coming to life on yeah. its own. And then there's... His past right. and his life, right? And and I could have done without his life. Uh, I his, knew you were going to say his, that one. Yeah, his present life, yeah, is cool. Right, right, right. Yeah, but going overboard with his dad, and then the whole you know growing up, having been abandoned and right. all that stuff. Right. Every time any of that stuff happens, I'm like, ah, whatever. Right. And we're trying to connect the fact that basically he's kind of a jerk to his dad. Right. Who kind of deserves him Certainly. being a jerk to him, right? right? Right. And so we're trying to connect that with Scrooge trying to, right? Y- you know, become the metaphor and avatar for these things, and, yeah, right. and all that stuff, yeah. And <clears throat> I didn't really dig that part. I didn't dig trying to make that connection. Yeah, that's weird, and and I get it. When, whenever they're trying, I'm like moving all around. Whenever that's they're right. trying to make that connection. I feel like that's when it's like forced and they're really trying hard. Like they're yeah. really, you know, I, I don't know. They're like overdoing everything and yeah. they're, they're trying to tell you exactly how you feel. Right. And they're going, right. look at this part. And the rest of it, I feel like is really yeah. fun and interesting. And, and I, I just think it's fun to kind of without just making another version of Scrooge, Right. To actually, like, talk about Charles Dickens. Yeah. Um, who really did invent Christmas. <laughs> yeah, there's a strange, much. yeah, I there's mean, a strange burden on him for, and it, there's a couple things in the film I wish they had done better than exploring certain things they did, like really validating why he's the guy that invented Christmas. They throw away this line of, like, you know, no one really celebrates that anymore. What are you going to, you're going to make a book about this? Are you right. kidding? Who, who's interested in Christmas? And for the last like 75 years, it seems like that's an impossible notion because we're so in love with Christmas as a, right. as a vehicle. The irony not being lost that it's this incredible commercial holiday and the, the story that we love most celebrating is about not commerce at all, but giving, right, you know, right. being donating and, and thoughtful. But um, it's, it's kind of weird that I would have taken a different story. I actually kind of wanted there to be less about the creation of A Christmas Carol and the way that they did it. I thought it was cute. Like all of a sudden someone says, oh, where's our normal waiter? He's not here. I'm Mar- My name's Marley. I'm here today. Right, he goes, Marley. Yeah, Marley. And he writes it down. I'm like, okay, if this is going to be a tour de force of seeing every single thing that prompts you to write something down, I don't want that. And it turns out that's actually kind of what I got for that third of the story. I, I would rather focus on someone being artistic and creative than just attentive you know, right, just the right. fact that he, there's a door knocker. I, like, I actually do kind of like the fact that he's like, oh, this is a creepy knocker. This is what's going to happen when right. the spirits come. But then to just make it so ham-handed and heavy-fisted, I'm like, I get it. I know it. But I've also 
I'm also the kind of guy who's read a fair amount of Dickens' work, and I've read A Christmas Carol many times, and I've seen the films, all the different versions, so I, maybe that stuff's a bit too sensitive for what, what I really wanted to pay attention to. But I just found that kind of weirdly distracting, too, when the other stuff, all the stuff that happens in his house, which is a money pit and a comedic nightmare all at the right, same time, right. To and, the point and, where his dad he, brings that and crow owes, in, and I'm like, oh my he God, the raven. tons of money, and, he's, and yet he's yeah. in the middle of spending all this money. I doing love, his house, and I yeah. love his relationship with all the people in the house, in, including, you know, his wife, which is very tertiary, the servant, Tara, which is very interesting. Right. And, and his friend, which is very compelling. Like, I really like yeah, that yeah. thing. I love their dynamic together very much. Um, where he, even where he just tells him, he's like, you exhaust me. I've only been with you for two hours, right, you know? Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get that. So it's just so weird because I feel like it really was a one step forward, two steps back film. When it started doing something it enjoyed and was enjoying to me, it decided to shift gears and do this thing that I wasn't wild about, but then it doubled down and did something I absolutely did not like. And, and, and it was always climbing out of a and hole that's, that was that's unnecessary. Kind of the, that's kind of the weird problem. I guess whatever part of the movie you like, it just keeps doing that. It just yeah, keeps. Right. It's not even like, uh, you know, now we're looking at something else. Yeah. It's now we're in a different movie, movie and we're right. telling it differently yeah. and different. It, we're in a whole other, you know, kind of space. Yeah. And that just kind of becomes difficult. I yeah. Guess. But it's a bit um, laborious to get through. I but. liked this stuff. And I guess that you know, there's only so much room to play with because it, Dickens has written a lot about right. his own writing, right? Like, yeah, like you right. said, he's he, really yeah. He has said uh, he has said that his characters talk to him, yeah. And he had he even wrote uh, a lot about his own writing, uh, where you know people t who want to become writers, right? They're like, how, right. do, how do you write things, right? right. And he, you know, also said a lot of the time, like, he just makes characters and then right. things happen. Right. And then he writes them down. Right. So, yeah. I, that's kind of what your movie has to be about. Sure. Right. That's, if that's it's a, what he actually if this did. This is a true right. representation <laughs> right. of his process, then I guess they nailed that's, it. Uh, yeah. I mean, to some extent, uh, I don't think he wrote down, you know, right. every single thing right. that happened or there was a door knocker or whatever. But he has talked a lot about how that's kind of how it happens. He yeah. just is thinking about a character and then, you know, he's walking around and, right. you know, there's there fizzy wig and right, yeah. here's yeah. this and, right. the, you know, this happens and then he, you know, writes shit down. Yeah. Um, so who knows? But I thought that was all kind of interesting yeah. and um, bringing the whole thing together. I just thought that the, even if we're going to have the stuff about his childhood yeah. and really harp on the past and we have to look at the past so we know why he's mad at his dad right. and, you know, yeah. whatever. And his dad's here now. So yada, yada. But even if we're going to do all that stuff with the past, I don't think we had to do it like this. Right. And we didn't have to do it so much. Right. You know, there's even, uh, you know, going into the factory and the, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It just seemed like we were. I get it already. Yeah. Right, <laughs> and and right. we just kept doing it. Yeah. It's a, and what's weird for me with that too is that a Christmas carol, carol is so short. It really is. <laughs> People think it's a lot and longer than it is. This movie is so long. It, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. this, all this talking about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's like kind of the whole beauty of it really is yeah. how short it is and right. how much he can do yeah. with a really short uh, piece. 
and we get the stuff about his past, and I'm like, you know, the kid's dad gets hauled off to debtor's prison, <laughs> and he works in like the shoe shine factory <laughs> thing. Right. I'm good to go. Right. I, I, I got know what, what I, I know. need to know. I got what right? I know. Right. Because <laughs> this isn't my first film, and in a weird way, it almost feels like if it is, this is the Christmas. In some way, it felt like it was pandering to me to become a new Christmas classic on purpose. Right, right. Instead of just making a good film Instead that's Instead of endearing. just being what it is. Right, and, right. And try to do that. Um, but at the same time, I still, I had a lot of fun with it. And yeah. I loved him. And it was weird because I liked him when he's with his friend. Yeah. Uh, he's okay when he's with his wife and stuff. Yeah, there's not I much I really liked him when he's with all his characters. Yeah. I liked him, like you said, with Tara. You know, yeah, it was really strangely good. good. Yeah. There was a part where he overdoes maybe the getting pissed off yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But I was kind of okay with that. But I really liked him and, uh, like you said, uh, everyone else really who was the in cast it. is and really strong. Like there's not a there's not even Jonathan Price who has a weird thing to do as his dad, who really is just like opportunistic, but with a good heart. Like he doesn't. He doesn't but mean he's like, to be, but he's, he's just like this, lost. He, it's, right. it's like he doesn't know he's doing it. Yeah. Like he can't, he's addicted to right. not caring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's a strange thing. He's, uh, he's his own special guy. But yeah. I, I liked everyone that was in it. And it was, uh, it had a lot of little quirky notes too that were a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, overall, I had right. a lot of fun yeah. with it. Yeah. it. But like I said, if this would have just, I think narrowed down, which would have made it shorter. Yeah. Because we didn't have to focus so much. Like I said, if you want to do the past stuff, okay, but I only need like five minutes. And I of feel it, like if right? you cut 10 minutes out of that film, that's the past stuff. Right. Like, I think we're stronger. Then, yeah, right. Then I would have liked it a lot more. A lot better. And, and it, it's almost like the movie gets to a certain point where, uh, you know, everything's supposed to be really horrible. Right. In the Christmas Carol so right. that it can get better. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, well, but we have to make things really horrible. <laughs> right. So it, it, it tries so hard to be really horrible. Yeah. That it's just kind of wasting time, I think. Like yeah. it didn't need to it didn't need to go there. We still get to the same end. It's right, right. You know, whatever. Anyway. anyway. All right. Uh that's uh probably more than enough time yeah. unless you got anything else no. about this movie. All right. No. Next week, uh, I, Tanya, and the Disaster Artist, as we yeah. said, get uh, uh, fairly big releases. So we will be doing at least both of those. And it brings us all one week closer and, to Star Wars. Yeah. And yeah. probably a couple of other things. Yeah, uh, right. We'll because get, yeah, there's, be, there's other stuff to get to. There's yeah. not only Wonder Wheel, but Wonder Struck. Right. It's like Wonder Year, right? There's Wonder. Wonder. Oh, my God. I'm going <laughs> to rewatch Wonder Woman. And, uh, yeah, Wonder Woman. Right. I mean, come on. Somebody, I wonder why. Somebody made a somebody dollar needs to bet, lose their job, I like wonder. trading yeah. places. Right. So yeah, right. I could get five movies right. with Wonder in the title there out you this go, year. Valentine. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Goodbye. Bye. Hey listeners, on behalf of myself and Shane Leonard, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. The Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by areyouscreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to areyouscreening.podbean.com or areyouscreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night.